This is In The Moment. I am your host, Mohamed Ramadan, owner and founder of Ramadan & Associates, a Chicago-based law firm focusing on business and personal injury law. Listen in as we discuss everyday legal topics, a legal podcast made for everyday people, not just lawyers. What's up, everybody? This is In The Moment. I am your host, Mo Ramadan, and today we got a pretty cool topic that um, I kind of always preach about, and I know um, those that know me know I'm really big about local politics. Um, you know, we do a lot of business law, and, and, and believe it or not, local politics comes up more than people believe, actually more than I originally thought that they would. Um, you know, we do a lot of business development, and we, we do a lot of expansion in that. And a lot of times, we actually have to go to City Hall, either with the mayor, and they eventually have to get the approval of, of their board or whoever, um, however they're structured. So it made me realize, even for, you know, um, the uber-wealthy business guys, that they also have to go through the local guys. And who is on your board and who is running the show can affect your community for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. How you ask? Well, simple. If you've got some people on the board who are not forward thinking and don't know and can't see business trends and can't see other trends, then they're going to stick to their old ways and they're going to fall behind. While the other towns that, and I see this stark difference, the towns that have that foresight, their business districts are flourishing, their schools are doing well, their tax base is doing well. The other ones are getting left behind because they're either scared, they don't have foresight, or they're just dumb. Um, and I see a lot of that. So I decided, you know what, I'd bring in some um, two wonderful ladies who are running for local politics, and let's pick their brain and see how this uh, local political machine works. So we have Midvet Muhammad and we have Tammy. I'm going to let them do their own intros. Midvet, let's start with you. Awesome. Thank you, Mo, for having us on your podcast. Um, so my name is Midvet Muhammad. I am an owner of a law firm in Hickory Hills in Palos Township, namely Kiswani Law. And I'm really excited about running for Palos Township trustee. I've had the law firm for seven years. We've been in the township for about a year and a half. Um, I've been, you know, essentially born and raised in the township and I'm running for trustee to make a change, a positive change in the township. And I certainly want to see, um, the future change that Muhammad just talked about within the place that I call home. So within the program, we can definitely talk about, you know, why I'm running, um, and what changes I'd like to see in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Medved. Tammy, you're on the clock. All right. Um, thank you for having me. My name is Tammy Georgiou, and I'm running for the office of Palos Township Clerk. I am a 20-year resident of Palos Township. I raised my family in the township. My kids went through public school. And I have 18 years' experience in quality control and compliance and financial auditing. And I feel that that experience is well suited for the position of clerk. The clerk keeps the meeting minutes, but the clerk is also the custodian of the documents at the township. And so I believe that my experience in financial auditing and compliance is well suited to that position. Awesome. Great. So I, I do want to get into that before uh, we get into kind of the details of, of your campaign, your platform. So you guys are running for Payless Township. What is the township? What differentiates that between a regular town or village? Because you guys encompass more than just one town. So can one of you guys just talk what, when you say township on the level or the hierarchy and in, in, in kind of the politics, wh- what does the township do exactly and who do they represent? So 
Um, if you live in Illinois or even in Cook County, you know that there are multiple layers of government. Whether you agree with it or not, it's just the reality. So a township encompasses more than just, usually more than just one village or city, and it's supposed to serve everyone living in the unincorporated locations within the boundaries of that township. So for Palos Township, it incorporates about eight partial municipalities, and it includes Palos Hills, Palos Heights, Hickory Hills, Palos Park, portions of Orland Park, a slither of Willow Springs, um, and then a literally a corner of Bridgeview. Um, and did I mention Worth? Because Worth is in there as well. So, you know, it spans from 87th Street all the way to 135th Street, and then from Wilcook Road all the way to Harlem. So it's a massive space. Um, but as far as population, it's about 50,000 people. So population-wise, it's not very large. Uh, but the township essentially is supposed to be giving the benefits to the people who are living in the unincorporated areas. But us who are in the incorporated areas would essentially reap the benefits of the township. And we're all paying for it. And let me ask you this, and I don't know if you can answer it or not, but I've always wondered, how does a place get un- unincorporated? I always hear that a lot, and it's unincorporated Orland or unincorporated, you know, this. What makes something unincorporated? Did they just say, ah, you know what, let's just stop here, and that's it, you guys can have the rest? Like, I, I never understood why the whole thing is not incorporated. Can you speak on that? Yeah, so the residents would have to vote to be incorporated. So a lot of times, unincorporated areas don't have the village water they have a separate water source, oh. right? So a lot of times they're on well and septic. They're not even on um, the the water pipes and sewer for the rest of the town. So to be incorporated, usually developers will give people an, op- op- an option or an opportunity at some point to do that. Um, and most people like living in unincorporated areas uh, because there's benefits to that as well. What kind of benefits? Um, they have... Um, less tie into again like i said some people like being on a well they don't want to be on the village water mm-hmm. um and they prefer a little bit more independence um uh, and again they have a little bit more freedom with their property mm-hmm. there's not so many uh codes I mean, they have codes but it's not as strict okay. there's one layer of government removed but the downside of that and this is the side we see a lot when we talk to people are the roads are, ma- are not maintained by the village. They're maintained by the township. Hmm. And sometimes the county, depending on the situation. I see. So we're having problems with people in Palos Township complaining about uh, things like road repair and snow removal. Mm-hmm. Because that's something the township should be handling. I see. So you guys basically oversee all the nomads that don't have a uh, township to go to. If you want to call them that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my saying, guys, not hers. I was joking. Don't get mad. But... Uh, so that's kind of how I see unincorporated. It's just like they're just kind of dangling out there. And uh, so I'm going to get into that, actually. But real quick, uh, Tammy, I'm going to start with you. You started briefly, but what does a clerk do? Why do we need a clerk and what does a clerk actually do um, for the township? So it's it's basically like the administrative uh, body of the township. So like I said, they conduct the meetings and they, they take the minute of the meetings and they conduct the meeting so they call the meeting to order and they call the vote and so they're conducting the meeting they set the agenda but they're also handling the the documents anything that comes to the the township that is on paper goes through the clerk's desk 
And so I think that it's very fair to say that the clerk needs to have an analytical and a financial background to view those documents with proper um, curiosity, let's say, right? Should be on the ball and know what's happening. But why financial background? Doesn't this, the village or the township have an accounting office or people Absolutely. that handle their treasurer? So why did why does your accounting background or how would having an accounting background help a clerk? Well, the clerk does not do the accounting for the township, but the clerk should be aware of what documents are coming through and make okay. sure you know you're looking at them, making sure that they make sense, gotcha. right? You don't want to have a a blind eye to that, right? Mm -hmm. So you're basically the proofreader almost and making sure that everything's done right and, and all Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Okay. You should know what's happening. Okay. And the clerk is the one who's going to do that. Also, the clerk is the um, the officer that handles the Freedom of Information Act, which is the FOIA. Okay. So if somebody were to FOIA the township, it's the clerk's responsibility to answer that FOIA within a timely matter, manner and get that information back out to the person who requested the FOIA. Okay. Yeah, we do a lot of FOIAs, so um, I didn't know the, um, that you guys would handle that. So, Medved, let's go to you. You're running for trustee. What is the trustee position and what does that entail? So, for PLS Township, there are four trustees that are on the board. And essentially what a trustee does is um, they get to vote on certain motions and present certain motions. So as a trustee, you can advocate for the residents. You can bring up any concerns that they have um, and bring up your own motions for any changes that you want to see. But also as a trustee, you would need to have another trustee essentially second your motion or second okay. your vote um, to make sure that the changes that you want to see actually move forward. So similar to what attorneys do, you know, you'd essentially have to be, I would say, negotiating, trying to settle for everybody to see that your motion is for the best interest of the residents, right? So even if you're on a board with people who you'd consider your adversaries, you'd have to work with them to ensure that they see and you see the best interests of the township. Now, isn't four tough, though? I mean, it, doesn't that make it a lot of gridlock? Because I'm assuming out of four, you're going to need three to get something passed? Right, but we also have a township supervisor, so essentially she would be the one to break the tie. Ah, uh, so... Yeah. But... The supervisor only votes in the case of a tie, or do they have an automatic vote? So you essentially need to have the good graces of the supervisor to present your motion, and then you would need somebody to second it. But if there was a tie, then I can foresee that the supervisor would be the one to break the tie, because gotcha. she has to vote as well. Okay. Yeah. So here's the question that I know, and I get privately, and I know people who are listening to this might ask, I'm going to be blunt with it. Why should I give a shit about a Payless Township uh, campaign? Hmm. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Um, okay, that's a great question, and I get that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, I don't even want a township. That's an extra layer of government, mm -hmm. and Illinois, and specifically Cook County, has too many layers of government. So, unfortunately, townships are a necessary evil. They were started before there were towns. And they overlap several, in most cases, several municipalities. So you can't just vote away a township. With that exception being said, Evanston was successfully able to vote away their township because the township of Evanston was within the boundaries of Evanston itself. And they were able to say, there's redundancies, because I'm going to tell you right now, there's redundancies. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to do that. However, with Palos Township, there's 
eight partial municipalities and not every uh, municipality has home rule and there's really no way on a local level to get rid of a township that's something that needs to be done on a state level mm -hmm. the state of illinois would need to pass a measure to do that now rural areas down down state and in the western part of this of the state townships are needed they are doing more services because we're talking about rural areas and they are very important when you get closer to where we are in cook county and probably even some of the other counties like dupage and lake and kane they're not going to be as needed however they're kind of grandfathered in mm -hmm. right and so like we talked about the unincorporated areas they are giving services um, that are needed however they can also since everyone has to pay for them in their taxes they should have services that everyone can use so you can't get rid of it let's make it work for the people you're paying for it anyways mm -hmm. let's make it work no speaking of that where is the money coming from what what was the tax base if, if the township the, the township doesn't have its own tax right so is this coming yes, it does it oh, does, it does. Mm -hmm. so if you're unincorporated you pay a township tax or how does that mm -hmm. work everyone does so if they pull out your your homeowner's bill you'll see all the municipalities that you're being taxed for down the line and then you will see in our case town of palos and that's the palos township mm. so everybody is is paying for that regardless if they're in an unincorporated or corporated area, it doesn't matter. If you are within the borders of Palos Township, you are paying through your property tax to support Palos Township. Wow. And I I'll let Mervat get more into like the budget as far mm -hmm. as what, what is there and how much that looks like. Yeah, let's talk money. Okay. We all like money. There's yeah. money in politics. Where's this money coming from and how is it being allocated? And I'm assuming that's part of the reason you're probably running. Yeah, so like uh, Tammy mentioned, the money is coming from the property taxes and the yearly budget is approximately $1 million. And that is a lot of money. Um, the money is supposed to be allocated to different programs and services, including the health services program. They're also supposed to have like technology. Um, they're supposed to have the grounds, buildings, and then, you know, the roads. Um, and Tammy and I have been doing research with a number of great residents of the Palos Township for years now, I would say for about three and a half years. We're, we're those people that have been sending FOIAs. Um, and we've been seeing how the FOIAs have been handled, and we've been seeing the responses to the FOIAs. Interesting. Um, now, we're not necessarily saying that the township is doing anything wrong, but we're saying they're not exactly doing it right as far as how the funds are being allocated. Um, you know, we've gotten responses where, you know, seven to 800,000 is unspecified. Seven to 800,000? unspecified approximately we'll say approximately let's just fuck it five hundred thousand let's just lowball it Un say that again yeah so the problem has for? been is that they've been trying to upload all of these reports and uh, specific information on the website and i think the township has been lagging in that um and they said that they'll be uploading it so all of that specific information would be uploaded onto the website so let me get this straight basically Sorry, bro, we couldn't upload it. We'll tell you where the 700K went later. <laughs> so about half <laughs> yeah. of the budget goes towards health services. Okay. And the other half 
goes to maintaining the township. There's nothing left over, according to them, for actual services. Who's them? The current board? The, the, the current, current board, board, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've looked back historically over old budgets, and this has been consistent. This is nothing new. This is just how they do business as usual, right? Um, so I think Mimervet said that we're not saying they're doing anything wrong. We're saying there is a lot of room for improvement. Okay. And so there could be some redundancies. We have been doing the FOIAs, mm-hmm. and we are getting vague answers. I'm not saying that's because they're doing something wrong. I think it's because they just don't care. So is this inefficiency more than yes, anything? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just... Oh, infin- government yeah. is inefficient. Surprise, <laughs> right, surprise. Right. Well, and that's one of the um, issues that we're running on on our platform is the transparency, is the innovation, you know, and is community because, you know, with innovation, it's not just the most updated technology. It's also about, you know, being very transparent, showing all the information to the residents, making sure everyone has access to it, you know, making sure the FOIA responses aren't lagging, making sure that the website isn't lagging and the links actually work. Um, that if I want to pull up an audit report, I don't necessarily need to expend township funds by sending over a FOIA for the clerk to respond. That audit report should be up on the website. You know, all the specific information as to where the funds are being expended should be up on the website. See, so, something you said is a big reason why I think a lot of people are apathetic to politics, especially local politics. The f- this, for me at least, the fact that innovation is considered just actually uploading, you know, these basic things, yeah. uh, how to handle a FOIA. If that's considered innovation, holy shit, how far back are we? So, um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. I mean, what stone age are we in? I so, mean, are the, we... so if you take Palos Township and you compare it to its sister townships like Orland, we are very behind, um, even if we talk about the basic innovation. So this is not necessarily a, a whole township issue. It's Palis Township that's kind of lagging. Is that correct? Well, we care because we live in Palis Township. Okay. So I can't necessarily speak to other townships. Gotcha. But when I compare Orland Park and then you you compare it to the Palos Township, you can see a major difference. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Programs that are offered. Um, so Stickney Township has a wonderful uh, youth program. Um, Worth Township has a great um, food program and also family programs. Orland is is doing uh, COVID vaccines. They're doing massive food rollouts uh, to help community members. Right now, um, anyone within their boundaries and anyone within District 230 school district, regardless if you're in the boundaries or not, can go in and get food assistance if needed. And um, that's something that Palos Township currently is not doing. They haven't done any testing. and currently right now they haven't rolled out any vaccines i think you can call and get on the wait list but they have no idea how to roll them out when that actual will they'll have them and, and they can't tell people sure we'll, we'll set you up an appointment so i think that there's a disparity between our local townships you know why you go two blocks over why are you able to get services that you can't get in this town right mm-hmm. so worth for example Part of it is in Worth Township and a little bit of it's in Palos Township. So you could live in Worth, but be in Palos Township and not have access to 
the Worth Township services and Palos Township are not offering those services. Wow, that's insane to me. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And this one, probably more for Medvet, but Tammy applies to you as well. Um, and this is really just me being devil's advocate, but can't the board make an argument that with the whole Sharon Brannigan thing and all the protests that you guys haven't allowed them to really govern properly? Well, thank you for this question, Hamad. I really do appreciate it. I like it a lot, actually. Um, I so- thought of this my, that question myself, guys, so just for the record. <laughs> now, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I mean, from an outsider looking in, you would think that the monthly meeting is the only meeting that the trustees are having to actually make decisions uh, for the township, but that's not necessarily true. So they do have, um, it's on the tip of my tongue, they have a secondary meeting about the budgets um, and about the roads and um, et cetera in, uh, on a monthly basis as well. And Tammy and I have actually been attending those meetings. Um, those are public meetings. And those are public meetings. You can attend if you'd like. Everything that's supposed to be discussed in regards to the township needs to be public. It needs to be open. And residents should be able to attend those meetings so they know what's going on and then voice out their concerns in those meetings. Um, so I think the general public wasn't aware of these secondary meetings. Um, you know, you, you had to look it up in order to find out about it, which is fine. Um, so anyway, so we attended those meetings. And that's where a lot of the decisions are actually being made and that's where the trustees are actually speaking and voting and bringing up certain things whereas you know the meetings that you're referring to where you know the rallies have been uh, occurring um, the trustees haven't been making decisions at those meetings Uh, nothing's really been voted on um, from my recollection over the three and a half years so anything that needed to be discussed in detail was discussed at the secondary meeting gotcha. in regards to the budgets and the roads, et cetera. And um, I would say that, you know, those meetings span between the shortest one I think I've seen is like 15 minutes to like maybe an hour. So there are actual discussions. The trustees are able to make these decisions. They mm. are able to vote. Um, they are able to govern. So the rallies have not taken a toll on that at all. Well, uh, and, and for those that know, when we say Sharon Brannigan, so I'll give you the very, very, very short cliff notes of it. Sharon Brannigan um, basically is kind of a hillbilly-ish type of woman and made some very derogatory comments. Um, she kind of just kept going and she just kept putting her foot in her mouth with her Facebook comments. And she's one of those that, oh, it was just a Facebook comment. I didn't really mean it. And then she gave a half-assed backward-ass uh, apology that, of course, the community didn't accept. So the community was outraged and they basically busted every meeting until she was ousted and she was never ousted after like three years. Um, I don't know what she's doing now. I don't really want to give her too much airtime. But when we say Sharon Brannigan, um, that's who we're talking about. So that's why there was a lot of protest. And they tried to kind of use that to say, well, you know, they're protesting and they didn't let us govern. However, they forgot that protest is the cornerstone of this country and protesting your elected officials is a cornerstone part of our country. So if you can't handle the heat, you shouldn't be running for elected office. Now I'll get off my high horse and get back to the guest. But um, so let me ask you this and Tammy, I'll start with you. we've kind of laid out some of the issues and and things that are going on. Let's turn it to a positive side. I got a magic wand. I just elected you. Um, What is your vision? Why should I vote for you? Let me just put it simple. Um, What is is your vision 
as a, the clerk of Palos Township, what are you going to bring that can really advance uh, the Palos Township? First of all, thank you for that question. Second of all, I'm going to circle back because oh. I'm not done. Oh, <laughs> by all means, okay. go ahead. So, get my popcorn. <laughs> yeah, so you just unlocked my Sharon Brannigan monologue. <laughs> no, um, so Rivette and I and many others started attending the township not because we went clutching our pearls our tax money our tax money no we went there because the behavior of that one individual was unacceptable we stayed because the behavior of entire board was unacceptable Mm. and while we were there what the heck let's pull some foyas and three and a half years later we went oh I see. So, actually, we should be thanking her for bringing us there in the first place. Otherwise, we would have been going along our daily lives, not paying attention to the township like every other resident of Palos Township. So they brought this on themselves. Right? So, I was there because I saw something that was wrong. And I wanted to stand with my neighbors and my friends to say, this is not right. This is not acceptable. We will not have that here. Absolutely not. We stayed because they continued with the behavior. Now I'm running for clerk in part to support Mervet, who's going to be the trustee. The clerk doesn't have a voting right. But together, Mervet and I can really implement some programs. Personally, I would like to see a speaker series. Last night, we had a wonderful speaker series, a little taste of what we would do at the township if given the opportunity. And it was from the founder of It Could Be Your Kid, Stephanie Pearson Davis. It's a wonderful nonprofit. If you get a chance, look it up, itcouldbeyourkid.com. And she held a little training seminar on anti-racism, not anti-bias or don't be a jerk to your coworker. Anti-racism. This is a little bit of a taste of what we would like to do. It's educational. It would cost little or no money to the taxpayers. But we could hold speaker series. And we could talk about unions. We could talk about how to not be a jerk to your neighbor. <laughs> right? Yeah. We could talk about uh, get to know your neighbor. So let's bring in different... Uh, Palos Township is beautiful rich fabric of immigrants from all over the world. Let's get to know them. Let them bring in their culture. Let them, let them express themselves. Let's do a reading program. Let's do a book club. These are things that don't even cost the taxpayers any money, but it would enrich the lives of everyone. And so this is a little bit of a flavor of what I would like to bring to the position of clerk, which is quite frankly, quite boring position, right? (laughs) But I would like to leverage that privilege of being an elected official to make everyone's life a little bit better. If I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. Awesome. I like that. Nervet, you're on the clock. Tammy's awesome. She's definitely an ally to the community for Palos Township at large. Um, As far as why you should vote for me, I mean, number one is I care. So 
Palos Township is my home, and I definitely want my home to be a place where people can come in with open arms and feel that they can voice out their opinions, their suggestions to the township without feeling intimidated. I definitely want to open up the door to other residents to feel like they can as well run for any local position. The only way to be better is to evolve. So if you want to evolve as a township, we want to do better. We need new people. We need new minds. We need new ideas. We can't simply have career politicians in the same position forever, and then we get stagnated, and then we are where we are, which is really what Palos Township is. It's been in the same position for a very long time. It's about time that we move forward to the present, and it's about time for the the local government to actually reflect the residents that you know, it's governing. So Palos Township is made up of at least 20% Arab slash Muslim population. And then we also have a a beautiful community of Polish immigrants, we have Greek community, um, and then you have other minorities in the township as well. And it's about time that their voices are heard. And it's about time that, you know, their ideas are reflected in the government. And In order for that to happen, you need somebody who legitimately cares. Tammy and I are not career politicians. Uh, We don't have the intention to be career politicians. We simply put in our hats in the race because we wanted to make a change. We saw that there was a need, so we did that. I can say that each of us have our own respective careers. We are very successful in. So this is something that's not being done for an individual basis it's being done for the community so if we win it's a win for the community and we're hoping that if we do win that we'll inspire other people to come and run whether it's for the uh, positions that we have or for other positions in the township so I think that's something that people need to think about you know if you're not going to do it for you your home the township doing do it for your kids you know we want the people with like that individual's mindset to be out They shouldn't be in local government. You don't want people who embolden people like her to be in local government. So they need to get out too. In order to do that, respectfully rallying um, and asking people to step out of their position is one thing, but to really make the change, you need to elect new people in. And that's really the start. So um, the question I have for you, Medivit, and Tammy, and, uh, you know, Medivit, I'm an attorney as well. I have my own practice like you do. Um, you have a very successful practice. It's a lot of work uh, just running a practice um, outside of everything else. How do we know you have the time to really commit to Payless uh, Township? And I appreciate that question. Um, so you're right. Running a successful firm is, um, you know, a full-time job. And I would say running this campaign is, has also been a full-time job. So I've been running essentially two full-time jobs since, um, what, October? Um, and me and Tammy have actually uh, done our research and putting everything together for over a year now before we actually announced that we were running. Uh, The position of a trustee, I would say you need to commit between 10 to 20 hours a month. Okay. It is a very part-time position. Okay. But obviously, you know, I do want to give it my all to make sure that change is reflected. I don't want to do the bare minimum um, like we've seen other local politicians do. I want to give it my all as well. So, you know, I'd want to commit more than just the bare minimum. And I think with... 
Um, of course, not just to keep giving my firm a highlight, <laughs> but um, my I have the support staff at my firm, and my firm is very established, so I'm very comfortable saying that I can do the trustee position. And as a lawyer, we're not new to being overworked, so that's kind of part of our DNA. So right. how about that? Tammy, I know you know you have your own um, career. You, you have a family. Um, you know, uh, I have two little ones at home. I mean, they're a damn job themselves, uh, especially my diva four-year-old. So, you know, how are you going to, how do you plan on balancing out, um, all of this? So first of all, my kids are grown. (laughs) Lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) So check. Um, and I am not a business owner. Okay. So I have a lot more free time. Nice. And I'm going to dedicate it to my community. Awesome. I say one thing. Um, so just to be clear for, you know, um, being objective, I'm not in Pales Township, so I cannot vote. So I'm completely objective here. Uh, but one thing I, that I really liked that you said earlier was you want to leverage your position to do, you know, other work and, and work with Medved. And the reason I like that is you rarely hear politicians say, I want to do more than what my job title is. It's hard enough to get them to do their actual job title, let alone publicly. Uh, and you were not afraid to say, I want to do more, which, um, you know, people can take that in different ways. For me, I love the initiative. Um, and I and I like the fact that you want to do more. I think the passion kind of um, does come out when you guys talk. So I will, I will say that. But my question to that is, Passion can only get you so much strategically. How do you plan as a trustee and a clerk with real strategic action make Palis Township better? So I think it has to start off with your ability to work with everyone else on the board. Um, obviously, when you're running uh, an election and you're running a campaign, everyone you're running against is your adversary. So if and when we're elected, we'd have to ensure that we're able to civilly and professionally work with everyone, which I don't think is a problem. Though we may not agree with each other on a moral stance, I think the focus would have to be Palos Township and how to make it better. I think the first thing that we'd need to do is literally look into any and all records that we don't have in our possession and see what it is that we can improve in the township. I think we'd have to engage the residents because a lot of people don't even know that the township exists. So we'd have to engage the residents to ensure that they know, one, that we're there, and then number two, let them know what programs a township could provide for them and what services a township could provide for them and what it is that they want to see. Um, Because the whole point of doing this is doing it for the community. So we need to know what the community expects from us and what programs they'd want from the township so then For instance, me as a trustee, I can go in and ask that through a motion. And, you know, maybe Tammy as a clerk can look at the budget and see if it's even viable. So I think we'd have to work hand in hand for that and bring that to the rest of the people on the board. Awesome. I think communication, and you just point, you know, touched on that, is key here because there is no communication between the township and its residents currently and historically. So we've been calling voters and we've been asking them, well, what, what would you like to see? And we're getting all kinds of answers. So I think that what we would need to do first, to, first and foremost is send out a survey to all the residents and ask them, what would you like to see from township government? Mm. And then we get those back. We start opening up communication two-way and find out, hey, you're paying for it. Go straight to the source. What do you want? 
mm-hmm. right? We won't be able to make everyone happy, but maybe we'll get a better idea of what people want. And that's where you start. Right. Awesome. Uh, those are all good answers. And, and I said this before, um, you know, I, I, I think we fail as a voting base <clears throat> to look beyond the politics and look at the actual person running. Um, I think we, we kind of see them as just these symbolic figures running for a certain position. I think, I hate to say we dehumanize anybody running for office, but I think we dehumanize them and we make them, again, a symbol. We forget that they're people. So I'm going to throw a curveball in here that you guys didn't know. I'm going to ask you guys three questions, one uh, individually, and you guys have to answer it. We want to get to know you guys individually. Okay. Sure. You guys ready? Sure. You sure? <laughs> All right. Question number one. You have the whole day off to yourself. What is your dream chill day? Give me your itinerary. What are you doing? No kids, no family. You have the whole day to yourself. What are you doing that day? No, no COVID. We're going to assume COVID is not around. We're back to whatever normal used to be. You have the entire day to yourself. Uh, What would you do that's your dream chill day? So super boring, but I would go to one of our wonderful Cook County Forest Preserves that's in the township. There's a theme, right? It's the township. Um, And I would spend the whole day on a trail just walking around. And then I would go to the local family-owned coffee shop in Palos Hills, Strange Brew Cafe on 103rd. And I would get myself a decadent chai latte and some avocado toast. And I would sit there and leisurely inside with people eating. (laughs) Because that sounds like fun right now. Um, And then I think I would just kind of go home and chill. Awesome. Great. Medved, I think a book is probably included in your day, but I'll I'll let you say it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd probably start off by going to um, Moraine Valley Fit Rack. That's usually where I go swimming. I think everyone who knows me well knows that I have to do my swimming at least once or twice a week. So if I had a full day off, I would literally go there to reserve one of the lanes and just swim my lap and be able to float on my back and literally have silent time just for me. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing after swimming? After I swim, I usually go to Exando, and that's on 95th and 88th Avenue. They have a great chicken fajita wrap, guys, so you should definitely check that out. Um, The Exando chicken's really good, too. Oh, yeah, and and the Exando cappuccino. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And after all of that... um, Guys, I can get a little out of here. So I would go on 87th in Harlem, and um, I would get some nice, either from the Net House, their chocolate, which is really good, or their Turkish sweets. And you can tell I really love food, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or go next door and get some baklava. Um, and then I'd probably have just a food coma at that point. I need to go home and lay in bed and just uh, read a book and then fall asleep. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and that's why I like asking that question because it kind of gives us an insight into people's everyday life. All right, next question. Medved, we'll start with you since we started with Tammy, another one. You have the chance to meet one historic figure, dead or alive, celebrity or anybody. And I mean, you can say Jesus Christ or Muhammad if you wanted. I don't care. Any historical, real historical figure um, in the history of mankind, you get one person. You get to sit down and have an hour dinner. Who are you picking? 
This is a hard one. I know. That's why I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I'll give you guys mine while you guys are waiting. Uh, For me, it would be Muhammad Ali. Um, I think Muhammad Ali is... um, I just think the guy was unbelievable. I think he just, to not be hyperbolic, I think he was God sent. I mean, I think the guy risked his entire livelihood, his entire career at the peak of his career to stand up for what he believed in. And I'd just love to sit down with him and just kind of pick his brain and and see where that courage came from and see what made him tick and how does a guy like that think. Um, I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. I, I just think he's incredible. So... Uh, Muhammad Ali would be at the top of my list, um, and my weird second pick would be Genghis Khan. I'm just throwing that out there while you guys are thinking. You, I know everyone laughs at me for that. I love Conquerors. I'm a huge fan of Conquerors. Uh, don't ask me why. I just I love their backstory, and I just think um, it'd just be interesting to see you know how he was able to conquer. So those are my two I'm throwing out there. So now it's time for you guys to pick one. Oh boy. Okay. So it could be um, a musician, it could be an athlete. I, well, it could be... I was gonna say Prince. That's a good one. I know a lot <laughs> of people first, that would pick Prince. That's the first person who popped into my mind. Um, Prince. Awesome. That's I think a good for obvious reasons. Um, he's awesome. Uh, was awesome. Um, and brilliant. He was quite brilliant. And very and giving guy. Yeah. Very giving. Um, a lot of people don't know that about him, but yeah, and very giving. Prince is a good choice. Yeah. I'd probably go with Cleopatra. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to see how the heck she <laughs> conquered everything. I, I want her ideas. I want her powerful mind. You know, she was supposed to be a seductress and also a woman of power, and she was able to juggle all of that. In an era where women weren't allowed to really do anything, so yeah. I think that um, gets understated in her story of just women weren't really allowed to do anything, and she still conquered everything. So uh, I like those choices. All right, last one, guys. Give us something, some funny, cool, fun fact that most people wouldn't know about you. I'll go first. Yeah. I, I hate Mama. I don't know why he's doing this to me. I, <laughs> I am addicted to true crime podcasts. Really? It's a problem. <laughs> I might need therapy over it. Um, I think Tori's like that, like, too. That's why she's right. laughing. Murder, serial killers, abductions. Put it in my ear and let me hear about it. Really? Awesome. Well? Well, for me, I think um, I'm a super nerd when I go to vacation. So I usually need a, like a, a time alone because nobody wants to hang out with me when I go out <laughs> to all the museums. They refuse to go with me because I will just sit there and just look at something and just want to absorb Are it Are you all. the one with the color-coded itinerary on vacation? I do make an itinerary. <laughs> See? <laughs> That was just a guess, but I was right. I just sensed it. Because when you said nobody wanted to be with me, I know that person because I don't want to be with that person. Because I'm on vacation, bro. I want to chill. Don't wake me up at 8 o'clock. Guys, we're 20 minutes late or we're going to miss the next event. I'm there to learn. I want to know why I'm vacationing here again. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's funny, though, because I am an early bird um, and we go to Vegas once a year. So my brother and my friend, we us three always go every year. It's kind of our uh, our thing. And I'm an early bird in Vegas. You know, it's California or it's West Coast time, so it's two hours behind. So I'm up at the crack of dawn, and you know they're all asleep. And 
by the time they wake up, I've had my coffee, I've read my newspapers, I've had my breakfast, and I, you know, I've already scheduled my spa, and and they're just scratching their ass like, oh, what are we doing today? And I'm like, <laughs> hey, I already did half my day, so um, so yeah, they laugh at me when we go to Vegas. So I kind of feel you a little bit on that, um, but. Uh, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but we're going to end on this. Um, you each have one minute. Tell me why, as a, I'm not a Palace Township, but act like I'm a Palace Township voter. You have one minute to tell me why I should vote for you or uh, everyone else. Sure. So over the years, you've seen how stagnated Palace Township is. It's time for change. It's time for new ideas and for new people. And with those people we can move Palos Township forward. So I'm asking you to vote for myself and for Tammy because we've been putting in the hard work and the dedication to see a change in Palos Township, not only through our campaign, but through the last four years of trying to make an impact on the township. So we are running again on the platform of innovation, transparency, and community, everything that we need to have the township move forward. Election days on April 6th, early voting, March 10th. Awesome. Tammy, you're on the clock. Um, well, everything she said. There you go. That was short. <laughs> One thing I want to add is that there is no reason why uh, local government can't work for people. The most important elections are the local elections. That's what really matters most to people is what's happening in your community, and everyone needs to step up and get involved. And I believe that Mervet and I could really make the township work for everyone. And I think that's... Uh, Something we need to see all across the country is local politicians and local governments need to work for the people that are supporting them financially through their taxes. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tammy, Midvet, we had such a great time. Um, I really wish you guys the best. Um, I hope you guys vote for them. I, I think they really made a clear case of their vision and you kind of get to see their personality. If I lived in Payless, these would be the type of people that I would want kind of looking out for me, just the fact that they even want to listen to me, which most politicians say they do, but we all know um, you're probably going to get the card of their chief of staff or somebody else that is going to send you a boilerplate email. So, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. And now we're going to do my minute with Mo. Um, so I wanted to do a special one that kind of relates to this one. Um where there's people, there's power. And if you watched and you must watch um, the Black Judas and the Messiah, I think it's called. Um, it's a phenomenal movie about Fred Hampton and it, and it kind of relates to this. And, and my favorite quote of the movie was, where there's people, there's power. And I really, truly believe that. The power is always with the people. The problem is we just don't use it. And that's why when people say, oh, that's bullshit, there's no power to the people. Well, no. When you only have 30% voter turnouts, you don't have power with the people. Uh, when you don't attend these meetings, um, and I've gone to these you know, village meetings and these city meetings, you'll see two, three, four, five people, You know, sometimes one or two. Um, so where there's people, there's power. So if you don't believe that people have power, that means the people are not there. So I always tell people, Yes, there's power in numbers, not one or two people. But please watch that movie. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal movie. But my favorite quote, and I'm going to keep saying it the rest of the year, where there's people, there's power. So Payless Township, you want change? You got options here. Make the right choice. That's our episode. Thank you, everyone. This one was a blast, and we'll see you on the next In The Moment.